Let's all turn to Genesis chapter 9. Genesis chapter 9, verses 11 through 17. And if we could all please stand to honor the reading of God's word. And it says in Genesis chapter 9, verses 11 through 17, I establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. Then God said, this is the sign of the covenant which I am making between me and you and every living creature that is with you. For all future generations, I have set my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of a covenant between me and the earth. When I bring a cloud over the earth, the rainbow will be seen in the cloud. Then I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters will never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. The rainbow will appear in the cloud, and I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And so God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. June. June has become a very strange, a very strange month. It is the beginning of summer. It is the beginning of summer, and I used to love June a lot as a, as a kid, and, and I still do, but it has become a very strange month. Uh, used to, it was all about weddings. That's where most people, back then, it was the month where a lot of people like to get married. I'll talk about that at the end of the month. But a lot of people used to love to get married in June, because they said if you get married in June, your marriage will last forever. A lot of people have proved that wrong, but either way, uh, that used to be what it's about. In June, also we have Father's Day. We'll talk about that next week. Then, then they've made up some new I, I, crazy holiday called Juneteenth, and I, I agree that it's good that they celebrate the fact that there's uh, you know freedom, and that's good, I guess. Although we already had that, it's called July Fourth uh, Independence Day. But there's another Independence Day that celebrates the freedom of, of slavery, which we already had that in Independence Day. But either way. Uh, they, I guess they did another, and by they I just mean people who didn't appreciate it the first time. But then we have now many, many other celebrations, but now they have a thing called Pride Month. Pride Month, um, which we hear about and see all the time. It doesn't matter what the, the company is, they're going to throw rainbows all over the place. And that's not what a rainbow really means anyway. We know that because what we just read. A rainbow, as you can probably see on my tie, I have a rainbow. And if you have, can't tell from all the way back there on the camera is not a rainbow uh, being significant with with pride month it is a rainbow with the uh noah's ark with noah's ark because that's what the original rainbow was and is incidentally and and in fact we'll get into all this except that pride month is a time that many people celebrate an unbiblical lifestyle where people take pride in themselves, pride in yourself, in your way, in your view, and in your choices. Now, many people say, it's not our choice. We can't help it. We were made that way. Well, that is a bald-faced lie. And uh, I can understand where many people believe that it's not a lie because they're being taught that they can't help it. But with that, they're blaming God, saying that they were made that way by God, which is changing the meaning of the Bible. And it's even blaming God for stuff that people come up with on their own. And I realize, emotionally, they believe that. I realize all that. I realize all that. By the way, this sermon, it really isn't about homosexuality. It's not that. And 
I wouldn't blame YouTube right now for stopping me, but I don't care. I'm going to preach what God told me to preach. That being said, uh, the truth be told that we are going to talk about how people blame God all the time. They try to change his word to mean what they want it to mean, but we're not to do that. We're to preach and teach and go and live what God has told us to do. And so uh, we are to, to speak the truth to people. Now we are to speak with compassion, not condemnation. We are to speak loving to people, not hateful to people. We are to be kind to people, not cruel to people. That's all true, but, but compassion is also to be honest and be uh, truthful about God's word. And there are, are two types of pride that we're going to speak about today because today is about pride. It is about pride. There's fruitless pride. That's pride of the flesh, which all people have at times when they shouldn't. Even Christians do sometimes. They shouldn't. And then there's fruitful pride. And that's the pride of the spirit. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So the title of today's sermon is Fruitful Pride. We'll talk about that today. So first of all, know this, that God hates pride. Remember that. God hates pride. He hates it. Why? Because pride is about self. It's about the view of self, the our way, my way, our choices. And it goes completely against commandment number one. Because people make a God of themselves. Remember, we're supposed to live by God's way, not our way. And let's, let's take a look first about commandment number one. Commandment number one is found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. Commandment number one in Exodus 20, verse 3, is the first time we hear it. And by the way, God wasn't just speaking this to Moses. He spoke to all the people right there in front of them. The first time we came down in the cloud in front of all the Israelites, he spoke in front of them. They can't say, I didn't hear that. Well, what'd you do? Have your ears, your hands over your ears so you couldn't hear? Nah, 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 nah. No, they had to hear it. He spoke in front of all the people. Then he went up to the mountaintop of Sinai and spoke to them, to Moses, so he could write it down for them, too. He, he said whatever I could hear. If people can't hear from the word of God, it's because they're not listening to the word of God. That's the truth. It said in Exodus 20, verse 3, you should have no other God before me. Now, it's true that at the time, people would go around, they'd hear about false gods. Keep in mind, these people, the Israelites, were living as slaves in the land of Egypt, and they had all these false gods, gods of Ra and all these other stupid names. And the fact is, is that they had these little wooden gods and all these things. But folks, that doesn't just mean little wooden false gods and things like that. It means yourself too. have no one before the Lord God. If you're listening to yourself, my way, my decisions, me, 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 and it goes against what God told you in the word of God, you're making yourself a God before the Lord. And that is wrong. I know the Lord said that we shouldn't have sex out of wedlock, but it seems right to me Then you're wrong. And you're putting your thoughts, your way, your view before the Lord, and you are in trouble. You need to listen to the Lord, not yourself. But I, I, I know that God says not to live this way, but I think it's not so bad. Then you need to change your viewpoint back to the way of the Lord God. I know that God says it's wrong to steal, but it doesn't seem like stealing. If I say it's not stealing, well, you're wrong. And you need to change your viewpoint. You're letting pride get in the way. Because you're too proud to admit that you're wrong. And there's a problem. You're becoming a God to yourself. So does God really hate pride? Yes, he hates pride. Because of what I just said, you make a God of yourself if you're not listening to God and you're listening to you. There's a problem there. And people do it all the time. This is the reason why people don't ask Jesus Christ into their heart as a personal Lord and Savior. Because they're too proud to admit they're wrong. We've all been too proud at times in our lives. 
You may say, I'm not a prideful person. I hope you're not. But there's times if we can't admit we're wrong, that's pride. We must admit we're wrong. Don't be prideful. Don't do that. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 8.13. Proverbs 8.13. Oh, Proverbs is filled with things against pride. Oh, listen to Proverbs 8.13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. This is the Lord speaking. He hates these things, the perverse mouth. Let's remember that when we're tempted to say things we shouldn't say. He hates the perverse mouth. Oh, what's perverse to him may not be perverse to me. We're supposed to live like the Lord, not like ourselves. So the next time you're saying something, you know is wrong. Remember that. I know. I made mistakes too. Well, we need to remember that. We know what's perverse and what's not. We know. Oh, we know. And then there's Proverbs 16, 18. Proverbs 16, 18. And this is a big one. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit. Prideful spirit. Haughty spirit. Before the fall. Oh. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Folks. We're going to fall if you're prideful. If you think yourself, as some people say, they, they think themselves that uh, bigger, better than others. You know, I'm better than them. No, you're not. And don't put yourself before the Lord. No, no, God can't handle that. Now, I could quote to you a lot of others how much God hates pride, and he does. Does God really hate? Yes, he hates these things. Does he hate people? No. He doesn't hate the prideful people, but he hates the pride that those people have. He hates the devil, and the devil's the one that tricks us into this pride. God has a hate, by the way, we know this is Pride Month. We know that. We know that, the, that a lot of people, we talked a while ago about having, having compassion upon the people that have been blinded by Satan. He doesn't hate homosexuals. He doesn't hate people who have been lied to by the devil. He hates the lie. And he doesn't want us to hate anybody, but he does want us to be honest and loving, but yet honest enough to tell the truth with love, but still tell the truth. Because fruitless pride kills. It is a horrible sin, and there's destruction. There is no spiritual fruit that comes from it. Spiritual truth and spiritual fruit is a good thing, but this is not spiritual fruit. There's nothing spiritual about it at all. Let's look at this fruitless pride, this horrible sin that destroys. It destroys oneself because oneself and that pride in oneself is arrogance. And by the way, this is not the same as self-respect. We need to have self-respect because God made us. Well, you can have uh, self-respect, not destroy yourself. I spent most of my life having lack of self-respect hating myself, beating myself up. Maybe you've done the same. I don't know. I still have to catch myself once in a while. Catch myself before beating myself up. I have to catch myself because the devil loves to do that. Isn't it hard to have a balance sometimes in this game? I say game, but you know what I mean, this life. It's hard to, to have a balance. You don't want to be arrogant, but you don't want to be against yourself either. Just remember to love yourself in the way that God loves you. He loves you but he doesn't want you to put yourself above the Lord. It's hard to have that balance. This is why you need to be following the Holy Spirit and not yourself. This is why it's the Holy Spirit that's supposed to be doing the thinking and the talking through you. Don't hate yourself, have self-respect, but don't allow yourself to be arrogant. Don't be doing the thinking. 
Christian. Let the Holy Spirit do the thinking. You see, the lost person can't do that. But you can. You can, Christian. You can. So when the flesh wants to do the thinking, shut it up and let the Holy Spirit take over. This is where the muzzle comes in. You remember that not too long ago I had a muzzle up here? This is a useful thing. You know you can put a muzzle over your mouth and say, don't let yourself do the talking. Let the Holy Spirit take over. It can be done. And you know the difference too. You know when the Holy Spirit's tapping you on the shoulder and say, hey, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. You're starting to take over. Muzzle time. Let the Holy Spirit take over. This is what it says in Proverbs 16, verse 5. Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not be unpunished. There's a lot of people in the Bible I could talk about right now who went punished because of their pride. And there was a whole bunch. I won't go through them right now, but I could. Jezebel and many others. I can never understand why people <laughs> named their girls Delilah or Jezebel or others. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Why would you go naming your kids after some of these prideful women and prideful men, uh, Ahab and others? Why would you do that? Why would you name your kids after these prideful, arrogant, foolish people who went against the Lord? Why would you do that? What a horrible thing to name your kid. Name your kid someone who's good in the Lord, not someone who's bad in the Lord, for pity's sake. Some people want to have the fruitless pride of the viewpoint of thinking yourself up above other people. Don't do that. Don't do that. You're not above the Lord. Why think that way? But some people want to do that. You hear it all the time. Nowadays, there's artists, and I'm talking about musicians and, and there's Hollywood folk right now. Of course, you have to understand where they're at. They're in the new Sodom and Gomorrah of our land. And I'm talking about, of course, I'm talking about New York and California. I apologize if you're watching from those places. I'm not trying to be offensive, but I'm being very honest. Because you're living in a land that very much has those those mindsets. Because the fact is your viewpoint is askew, very much askew. This one says in 1 Peter 5, 5 through 6. Likewise, you younger ones, submit yourselves to the elders. And listen, older folk. There's a lot of people right now who are older older Christians who are thinking that we need to get along with the young. And we do we need to be loving, kind, compassionate, bring them up in the ways of the Lord. But why is it so many old people, so many older people are trying to be like the young? That's stupid. Don't be like the young. Let the young be like you because you're trying to be like God. Imagine God trying to be like the foolish young Christians. That's dumb. Why would you do that? Why would you, God want to try to be like you when you don't know much? And I'm, I apologize. No, no, I don't really. But you don't know much compared to God. God knows all things. So why would the elder, wise Christian try to get along and be like the youth when the youth needs to try to be like the elderly? Now, don't get me wrong. The elderly should be trying to get along with the youth to bring them up in the ways of the Lord. We're talking in Sunday school about being a mentor. The mentors aren't to be going off on the young. Here's the problem with you young folk. No, I'm not talking about that. We should be reaching out with the hand to bring them up in the ways of the Lord. At the same time, that doesn't mean the elderly are to, trying to be like the young. It can't be done. But the young need to try to be like the elderly. How they do that? By bringing them up kindly and lovingly to the ways of the Lord so they can mentor them. But don't, by all means, don't 
older folk of the Lord try to be like the young who don't know as much. They don't know as much because they've not had the experience in the Lord yet. They'll learn slow but sure. Slow but sure. So here's what it says in 1 Peter 5, 5 through 6. Likewise, the young ones, submit yourselves to the elders. Yes, all of you be submissive one to another and clothe yourselves with humility. Humility. With humility because God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. So many people are not humble anymore. They're being taught, be proud of what you are. Be proud. You are this way because God made you that way. Listen, how many people nowadays think that they're born gay or think that they're born a, a woman, but they were stuck in a man's body? First of all, do they not realize what they're saying? They're saying that God made them wrong. They're saying that they are right and God is wrong. They're making themselves to be that God is wrong. No, God is never wrong, never wrong, never wrong. You make mistakes. I make mistakes, but God never makes mistakes. How dare the people say that God makes mistakes? You're trying to tell God that he needs to change his word. He needs to change his way so that we in our feelings are correct. I got news for you. Your changes are going to feel here in a moment. Right now, you might be thinking, boy, I'm going to go on my way home, by the way, and I'm trying to make you hungry. But I'm going to go on my way home because I just feel right now. I feel like Kentucky Fried Chicken. But then, whenever we get done here, you're gonna certainly feel like Taco Bell, or you're gonna feel like McDonald's, or you're gonna feel like Burger King. You know why? It changes. Our feelings change. So why would little children know, without a shadow of a doubt, that there are boys stuck in a girl's body, or a girl stuck in a boy's body, or they just feel like this or that? Listen, I may feel a certain way today or feel a certain way yesterday and the day before I felt sick as a dog. I still don't feel great, but let me tell you something. You can change your feelings and your emotions like this, but God knows the truth. He made the truth. Don't you tell him that he's wrong when you're the one who could be wrong, not God. God is the one. Thank you for the amens. I appreciate that. The fact of the matter is, is God is the one who's right, not you. Don't tell the creator of all things that he's wrong. He knows what's right and wrong. Now, listen. We're not talking about being hateful to people. But the fact of the matter is, is these poor young folks are being raised in schools and on television and stuff where they are having their minds changed or warped by emotions. They don't know what's right and wrong. They don't know. They don't know. But I happen to know for a fact that God does know all things. I know. My life has been on the line so many times, and every single time I start getting confused about what's going to happen. I may die today, I may die tomorrow, I would say, but God said, I'm not done with you yet. Get back up again. Keep on going forward. Don't give up yet. That's what we have to do, amen? Amen, you know, you know. Today you may feel like you're on your last leg, but God may not be done with you yet. You may feel different about this or different about that, but don't give up. I know you're surrounded by people who are trying to tell you how wrong you are, but God is never wrong. You follow him and you will not go astray. Never. Okay. Don't get confused by fruitless pride and your fruitless way. 1 John chapter 2, 15 through 17. Because it says in 1 John chapter 2, 15 through 17, and remember, John knew. John knew the Lord so very, very well. John was with him. He walked with him. He talked with him. He knew him personally. 
He was the beloved one from the Lord Jesus. Listen what John says in 1 John 2, 15 through 17. He says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I'll go on from there. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The world and its desires are passing away, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. There are churches, and I say that lightly, there are churches that are changing the word of God to make you feel good. But they shouldn't do that. Because when you're changing the word of God to make a person feel good, that's a problem. You should never change a person the word of God to make a person feel good. You be, should be changing the way of the person to go with the word of God, because that will ultimately and eternally make them feel correct, because they will be correct. We're not going to change the word of God because it would feel good for this day and this age. No, 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 no. The problem, uh, uh, the problem and the fact of the matter is, is this day and age has changed through time because it is off of the word of God. It's not doing right. Okay, so let's now to turn to James chapter 4. And we're going to read the entire chapter of James chapter 4, 17 verses. It's not extremely long. It just sounds like it. Let's read what it says. Because many people want to choose life choices. Fruitless pride in their life choices are a huge problem. It says in James chapter 4, verse 1, Where do wars and fights among you come from? Do they not come from your lust that war in your body? You lust and do not have. So you kill. You desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your passions. You adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that the friendships with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, will be a friend with the world is an enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture says in vain, he yearns jealously, jealously of the spirit that lives in us, but he gives more grace for this reason? It says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, verse 7, therefore submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double-minded, grieve and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to dejection. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Do not speak evil of one another, brothers. He who speaks evil of his brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. If you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? By the way, this is not talking about using judgment. This is talking about believing your God. This is why I said we need to use compassion. Be caring. Be careful. 
do not sound judgmental to those, even those who are living in sin. Do not be judgmental and full of condemnation. Be caring, be compassionate. But does that, that does not mean making excuses for it either, for the sin. Verse 13, come now, who you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into this city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? It is just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you are rejoicing in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, it is a sin. It is sin. So many people are living in sin and they're joyful of it this month especially. There's boasting everywhere. Every single product has rainbows everywhere. Rainbows on everything. And they don't even know the meaning of the rainbow. They don't even know the meaning of a rainbow. The rainbow was a promise from God not to flood the entire earth ever again. But why did that rainbow come? Because there was a flood. Why did the flood come? Because there was pride all over the earth. Pride of people not wanting to be with God. There was pride. Pride is a major downfall of mankind and in life. How did it start? Well, there was pride in a third of the angels with Lucifer known as Satan and all these third of these angels known now as demons. There was pride in them and they wanted to take over heaven. And God said, no, you do not get out. And they're here on earth. There are a few who are in hell. But let me just tell you something. They will all be in hell. They will all be in the lake of fire. That is coming. Not all of them are now. People many times think of hell as a kingdom. It is not a kingdom. Hell is going to be a prison forever and ever and ever. Why does God send people to hell? He does it. People do by not accepting them as their Lord and Savior. Because of pride. Because they will not accept the Lord. It is pride that sends them there. The days of Noah, people turned from God. They were prideful to follow their way, not the way of God. It is pride that brought the flood on the earth. And that is why rainbow came, because God was trying to say, I will never flood the entire earth because of their pride ever again. Even though it is pride that brought the flood in the first place, it was pride. And through the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, the people who are following their way, their life choices, and they did also, that's why the word Sodomite comes because of pride, people brought that into this world. In the days of Pharaoh of Egypt, he was too prideful to listen to God, and he would not let God's people go. But because of that pride, death came because of that pride. When it came to the time of King Saul, it was pride that he would not listen to God. He decided to, he was a king that God called, but he decided not to follow God, but to follow his own pride. And that's why he did not stay the called king of God. Even the days of David, King David, David was a called man of God, and he did follow God, but there was came a time where he listened to his own pride. Praise the Lord God, though, he did listen to Father God and turned back. In the days of King Solomon, King Solomon was a man who listened to God, had his great wisdom, but then his pride got in the way, and he fell. Praise the Lord, he turned back around and got things right, but still there was condemnation on the land because of his pride, and after that, there were so many things that happened to Israel and Judah because so many kings were full of pride. Pride, pride, pride has caused our land, even here in America today, to fall down. Let's not get caught up in pride, but hand our pride in our way unto the Lord so he can build us back up. Not us, but the way of Jesus Christ in us. Let's not be proud of ourselves, but let's be proud of the Lord Jesus. 
There's so much more that could be said. But let's take a look at a few verses. This is what it says in Luke 14, 11. It's Jesus speaking. In Luke 14, 11. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Amen. Proverbs 18, 12. I told you Proverbs is going to be used a lot. There's a couple more coming. Proverbs 18, 12. Before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty. And before honor is humility. Proverbs 11, 2. Proverbs 11, 2 says, When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble is wisdom. There's wisdom in humility. There's wisdom in humility. Proverbs 29, verse 23. Proverbs 29, verse 23 says, A man's pride will bring him low, but honor will uphold the humble in spirit. And if I had used all the verses I have found about pride and humility in Proverbs, we'd be here for hours. We would. We'd be here a long time. But now it's time to speak about fruitful pride. That's pride that we find in God. And by that, I don't mean that he's proud, but that we are to have pride in him. We are to be proud of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are not to be proud of ourselves and have pride in ourselves, be arrogant in ourselves, but we are to be proud that the Lord God has saved us from sin. We are to be proud that we are not going to go to hell. Proud not because, look, I am saved and I'm so much better. No, 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 no. We are to be proud that the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, spoke to us. And we heard it and we've accepted it and we're going to heaven proud because we have a Lord and Savior. I don't know about you, but I'm proud of Jesus Christ. I'm proud of my Lord and Savior. I am proud of the Lord God. I'm proud of him. People can try to condemn the Lord God like they could do such a thing, but they try to condemn him and put the Lord down and put down his believers all the time. Don't let that get to you. Yes, it gets under my skin because I love God so much, but I don't let it get to me. If anything, I feel sorry for them. I don't let it make me mad, even though it irks me. I don't let it really make me mad. If anything, I get mad at Satan for blinding those imbeciles. Why do I call him an imbecile, an idiot? Because it is a fool that says there is no God. And so they truly are an idiot. If you say there's no God, you're an idiot. You're a fool. That sounds really mean. Honesty sometimes is. But the fact of the matter is, is we need to pray for those people. Listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. It says, Matthew 10, 16, Look, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So a lot of times people want Christians to be out there and, and, and act like idiots, as if we're just going to let the world treat us terribly. Let it beat on you. Let them hurt you. Let them do. No, no, no. We are to be harmless as doves, but be wise as serpents. That means, and I'm not telling you to, be, to, to strike like a serpent, because we know who that is, but expect the unexpected from the world. We know they're going to come after us. You can be loving like a dove, be loving like a dove, but don't act like an imbecile. Don't go out there and, and let them just treat you horribly and just not expect it. Just, oh, whatever, you know, they're all going to treat me nice. No, I said earlier in Sunday school that when I was a kid, I treated everyone like a friend, and I still do. But I expected everyone to treat me like a friend. That's not going to happen. They're not all going to be your pal. 
they're not going to be palsy wowsy with you. If they're of the world, they're going to hate you. Not because of you, but because of Jesus is within you. And if anything, that's a compliment. It's a compliment. It's a compliment that they don't like you. It's a compliment that they don't like you because of Jesus. Now, I'm not talking about going out there and acting like an idiot and acting like a jerk and treating people bad. No, I said, well, I go need to have compassion, need to be kind, need to be loving, need to be honest but loving. But what I'm talking about is the fact that Jesus Christ is shining within you and they don't like it because it's a reminder that there's one way unto heaven. It's a reminder. They don't like it. They don't want to be reminded. No, they don't want that at all. And so therefore they don't like you because they don't like him. Why would they like you if they're reminded each and every day when they see you that there's one way into heaven? There's one way into heaven. They don't want to be reminded of that. No, not whatsoever. 1 Corinthians 2.14. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 2.14. But the natural man, we're talking about the lost now, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Remember, the Holy Spirit is speaking through you and to you and through you, and it's the Holy Spirit that is doing the speaking, not you. And if you're doing the speaking, hush, hush, hush. It's not supposed to be you. So it's to be the Holy Spirit. Pastor, how does the Holy Spirit speak? First of all, I think you know. You know when you're coming off, when you're coming off talking and attacking like an old Popeye cartoon, you know what I'm talking about. You have a couple of scriptures, you hold back the air like a gun. If you have a couple of those things, well, it's like it says in John 3, 16. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Hold back and let the Spirit move you. If you don't know the feeling, if you don't know the feeling of the Holy Spirit, I said, if you don't know the feeling of the Holy Spirit, you got a problem. You better pray about that. When the Holy Spirit takes over you and starts speaking through you, you know the difference. You know the difference. Let the Spirit do the speaking. Let the Spirit do the talking, not your natural tongue. You know what I mean? That's what it says. But the natural man, this is 1 Corinthians 2.14, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. The lost don't understand what you're saying. But the Spirit of God will talk to them and talk to them softly and try to nudge them into understanding. But if they're not going to hear it because they don't want to hear it, then they won't. And you know, at one point you were there. You were there. You were there. I was there. At one point, I didn't understand a thing my father was saying behind the pulpit. I didn't understand it. What's he even talking about, I'd say to self? What's he even talking about? I don't understand any of that. And then one day, the Holy Spirit come knocking on the door. I could have run away, but I didn't. I ran too. You do the same thing. These lost people may do the same, but I'll go back to this verse. It says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the, of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him. The things of the Holy Spirit are foolish to the lost man. Nor can he, talking about the lost man, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. The things that are being said are discerned by the Holy Spirit. You have a wisdom that's not even your own. It's a wisdom from the Holy Spirit. They are discerned by the Holy Spirit. It's a wisdom you don't have on your own. And when you are saved when you're very young, you don't know the difference sometimes. Because you're like, well, I've been thinking this since I was a little bitty. That's because you were blessed and you haven't been yourself since you was young. The Lord gave that to you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord God. Let's now turn to Romans. Romans chapter 1. It would help if I turn to it. Romans chapter 1, verse 24 through 31. This is a, a big uh, scripture. 
Romans 24 through 31. But I want you to hear everything that's being said here. Remember the world, world we're living in. And remember pride. Pride was big in Rome. And listen to what's being said. Romans 24 through 31. Therefore, God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their hearts, because they was living filthily and living to false gods and all. It says, therefore, God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their hearts to dishonor their own bodies among themselves. They turned to the truth. They turned the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. They were blessing they they were giving unto false gods who was under formation in other words into form of animals so they were worshiping these animal gods and not to god himself think about that now this is what else it says for this reason god gave them up to dishonorable passions so what does that mean that he make them do this no he let them have their own way you know that song have thine own way lord have thine own way in this case they were saying, have my own way. Have my own way. I'm going to do what I want to do. God gives us free will. He said, okay, you're not going to listen to me. Listen to yourselves. He said, I'm going to let you go ahead and do what you want to do. You're not going to be happy in the long run. You're not going to be happy in the long run. But that's what happened here. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Their women exchanged the natural function for what is against nature. Likewise, the men leaving the natural function of the woman burned in their lust towards one another, men with men, doing that which is shameful and receiving in themselves the due penalty of their error. And since, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not proper. They were filled with unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, proud, boastful, inventors of evil things, and disobedient towards parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, that means promise breakers, without natural affection, uh, calloused, and unmerciful who know the righteous requirement of God that those who commit such things are worthy of death. They not only do them, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. Folks, we see it all the time, even now. These very things, and people who say that God says nothing against this, you liars, you bald-faced liars. God talks about it right here in the Word. Pastor, that sounds unloving. No, honesty is not unloving. Honesty is true. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He speaks truth. This truth was spoken by Paul, who spoke to these Gentiles because he wanted them to know the truth. And I'm not speaking hateful to you. I'm speaking loving to all people to say that we should know the truth and know that we are to be proud in God, not proud in ourselves. God is the truth. We should have fruitful, fruitful pride, fruitful pride, which is to follow God's word, not our own. Fruitful pride of the Lord, not fruitless pride of this world and i'll read you a couple more scriptures before we leave today acts 1 8 know this jesus christ was about to leave this world 
Jesus Christ already told the disciples to go around there and tell everybody in the world about me. But he said this right before he left and descended or ascended into the world, into heaven. He said, Acts 1.8, but you shall receive the receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You have that power, folks. You have the Holy Spirit. Listen what he says. You shall receive the power of the Holy Spirit when it comes upon you. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Folks, you shall receive the power of the Holy Spirit when it comes upon you. You shall be Jesus' witnesses and you shall go upon the ends of the earth preaching the word of God, teaching the word of God with love and compassion, telling them the truth of the Lord. Don't lie just because it makes people feel comfortable. It may be uncomfortable to tell the truth sometimes, but the truth is the truth is the truth. If you knew that there was a road that came to an end and you didn't tell people about it and you let them go off the edge of that, that road and they came to their own damnation because you wouldn't tell the truth, then you are evil. I just recently was watching a, a sermon that someone spoke of and that really happened. There really was the middle of the night. There was a road that came to an end and people drove off that road because they couldn't see it. And one person did. And they came out and they're telling, stop, stop, stop. And the people wouldn't stop. They wouldn't listen to them. And they whoop, drove off right to their own damnation, to their own death, to their own destiny of death because people wouldn't listen. And folks, I'm not saying that people who live that life are going to die and go to hell. I'm saying that people who won't listen to God are going to go to hell because they won't go to everlasting life. I am saying that if they're not going to listen to that truth, what else won't they listen to? This is what I'm saying. God's truth, his whole word is the truth. We got to speak the truth. Show love and compassion and honesty always on all things. If you're not willing to speak the truth on this, why would they believe you on anything else? So they'll bring it to you later on. Hey, wait a minute. You told me this, but you didn't tell me that. Tell them all the truth. Know the truth. Live the truth. Come on now. Proverbs 15, verse 1. This is what I said. Do it with compassion. Do it with kindness. Do it with love. Not condemnation, but with compassion. Because remember what it says in Proverbs 15, 1. A soft answer turns away, turns away wrath, but grievous words, grievous words stir up anger. So why are we not to argue? It's not an argument. People may see it that way, but don't do it with arguments. Don't do it with anger. Don't do it with condemnation of people. Say, well, here's why I don't like it. No, no, no. Compassion, kindness, love, arms open wide, but honest, honesty. All people are welcome here, but the truth will be spoken. And we close with Ephesians 4, 17 through 18. We close with Ephesians 4, 17 through 18, where it says this. Now, first of all, let me just say before you end, make sure that you have fruitful pride in your life. Not talking about being prideful, but make sure that you have pride in the Lord God. Be proud of God. Never be ashamed to speak his name. Never be ashamed to speak his word. Be fruitful in this pride of the Lord. Be fruitful and speak to those about the Lord. If you're ashamed of him, he'll be ashamed of you. You don't want that. Never be ashamed of the Lord. Be proud of the Lord God. Be proud that you go to church. Invite people to church. If you think that you never have a chance to invite people to church, that's not true. Everywhere I go, I talk to people about Jesus. Everywhere. And, and you know, I, it all starts with me saying, they say, how are you doing today? Well, the Lord's blessing me today. 
but, but isn't that pushy? No, it's not pushy. It's true. The Lord is blessing me today. But you're in pain all the time. You're having seizures all the time. You're always hurting. I'm still blessed to be able to wake up in the morning. It's a blessing. I'm blessed every single day. And if people are talking to me, I'll talk to them about my Lord and Savior. I don't mean I'm trying to be pushy, but I learned from my grandpa. And my grandpa taught me well that every single day is a day that we're living for God. And whatever, what else can we do but praise the Lord God with our life? What does it say in Ephesians 4, 17 through 18? We finish by reading it. Ephesians 4, be fruitful with the pride of the Lord. Ephesians 4, 17 through 18 says, Therefore this I say and testify in the Lord, that from now on you walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their minds, having their understanding darkened, excluded from the life of God through the ignorance that is within them due to the hardness of their hearts. Don't be hardened in your heart towards the Lord God. Don't be prideful like so many are. But make sure that we have our pride in the Lord God. We know that we have suffered. We know that we have faults. But Jesus doesn't. Let our pride be in Christ, the one who saved us. He saved us from death, eternal death. Let our pride be in the one who saved you when he was on that cross. Let us bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, Lord God, Jesus, thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord God, for putting us into heaven when we pass for it. Lord, I pray that if any of us are prideful and arrogant in our lives, and maybe we are in certain areas. I pray that you will show that to us today, that we will come forward today and allow you to, to fix it in our lives, that we will no longer be arrogant. But Lord God, if we have been hateful and mean and incompassionate towards people who, who've made mistakes, and I'm talking about lifestyles and other things, I pray that you'll help us to fix that too, that you will show your love to everyone, that you will do the speaking in our lives. I know that we get irritated. All of us do. But Lord, I pray that we will no longer do the speaking at all, but that you, Lord Jesus Christ, will do the speaking through us. I pray all of this in your holy, precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.